Well, in this case, I don't have an intraday chart of this, but this, if I remember correctly, I, I don't know when this was, but you know, I've seen a lot of bars very similar to this where you just have a strong, you know, trend intraday. Once this thing triggers, it just keeps on going. Not every day, but you know, when you have like if the market's behind you and everything's, you know, good in the world, market will just just keep trail, you know, just go straight up all day. So, in those cases, if you want to micromanage it, you can watch it intraday. The other thing, in a choppy market like we're in now, you're probably better off putting a limit order for that three points, okay? Now that way, a lot of times, you'll get these little spikes intraday, you'll get hit. It's like, you know, a friend of mine, I laugh, I love the way he says it, he's like, he calls it pay me. He'll just sit there and he'll say, pay me, pay me, pay me, and his order's already there. Now don't think you're gonna sit there and try to catch that, you know, whatever, but if your limit order's already there, you know, you've got an ask out there waiting to be hit. Um, so here you have the big wide range move up and then break even so you scratch your remaining shares. You probably wouldn't want to, um, you know, you probably don't want to give away 15 points profit. You probably, like I said, trail it up intraday. You might want to move your stop a little bit higher than break even. I just show this as an example of a trade that was grossly profitable that turned unprofitable without money management. Uh, one more thing about two for one money management. I get a friend of mine. He's a fund to funds manager, let's just call him Joe. And he's, he's hilarious. He, he, he trades only a few times a year. He shifts around funds. He's very long-term macro view, very successful, long-term track record. But he's into the swing trading because he's bored. He's sitting in his office all day. He doesn't take any retail clients. So he likes to swing trade. So he calls me up and I've been helping him get started and all. And this was especially back in January and February. He called me up, he'd say, Dave, I got, I got a five-point profit. What do I do? I said, um, take half and move your stop to break even. He goes, oh, that's a good idea, and hang up the phone. I tell him that day after day after day, week after week after week. He's never caught on, you know? He'll still call me. I, pro I probably got a voicemail at home, you know? Dave, I got a five-point profit. What do I do? So it's something it's very simple. I've seen this work for years. Uh, just very simple money, money management. You can add your own layer on top of it. Like, you know, if, if, if you guys, some of you guys are real good day traders in here, if, if you know how to trail a stop intraday and you want, if you're doing a little swing trading, then add that layer on top of it. Okay, any, uh, any other questions? You, uh, we have another one, or this is it. Okay, oh, uh, one more form of money management. Last night I went and shot some dice, and uh, no, 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 I was going to try some money management out. So I was going to do two for one and do this, you know, get, get ready for my speech today. And I thought I was doing pretty good. But my chips kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I was like, well, didn't I have some quarter chips? And they kept, you know, I was like, I have one. I thought I had like five or 10 of them, you know? Smaller and smaller. So finally, I'm, I'm about ready to go home. And uh, I look over at my wife, Marcy. And uh, she's got a grin from ear to ear. I'm like, why is she smiling? We lost all our money. And just about that time, the box man's like, ma'am, can I cash those in for you? Can I call her up? She had two handful of chips. So. The new money management, I'm going to call it Marcy money management. <laughs> and for a small fee, we can have Marcy come sit next to you and make you take pieces of profits along the way. Okay, thanks for listening. You want to take some questions, please? Take some questions. Any questions? You want to take a few questions now? Right here. Um, I'll do a couple things. It depends on what's going on. 
Uh, I like to see a stock open first in, in a lot of cases. Uh, in a choppy market like we're in now, I'd rather see a stock open for 10, 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes in some cases, to see where it's going to go. Because I'm trying to position over a few days. I could, you know, it, it's such a choppy market. If the market isn't trending, you could wait and let the market open first before you uh, try your entry. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't put in an order before the open just in case something happened. Uh, but, but you can enter on a stop order, which is like if the market kind of opens and goes down a little bit, if I can't watch that screen all day, but I know it's a stock I want to trade, I'll put a stop order in and then, you know, put like a, a alarm on my computer to beat me or something so I know when I get filled and, and, and I'm in. As far as the limit orders and choppy markets, I'll use a limit order to exit half because a lot of times you're not going to get paid, you know, and you don't have, if you don't have the luxury of sitting there and, and having your finger on the trigger, you know, you're going to miss, that, miss those profits. Okay, in the, in the back right here. Buy stops to enter. Yeah, do I use buy stops to enter? Yes, on some, on some, if I can't watch a screen or if there's a lot of potential setups going on, I'll use the buy stop to enter. It's, oh, it all depends. I mean, you could get, I, I don't know. It all depends. I mean, it, it depends on the volatility of the stock. If it's a fixed stock, you don't get that much, but you can get, you get slippage. Um, back to your question too. Sometimes, uh, as far as slippage, sometimes slippage is a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm willing to live with some slippage if I'm a swing trader. If it's, you know, going against me. If I get a half a point slippage and the stock runs 10, point, 10 points, I don't care. Uh, the question was, how far if the, will it gap up? Uh, I'll use two or three points before. It, it, it all depends again on the volatility of the stock. But if a stock, a lot of times what will happen, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, stock will gap open above the prior day's high and um, I think they call it an oops or something that turns out to be the high of the day so if you let your stock open uh, for like 10-15 minutes again depends on the market conditions back in January and February it was like you know you just had to buy everything you, did, you didn't you know you didn't want to wait around 10-15 minutes now you sit back and you say well what's gonna happen oh it's gonna go up 100 down 100 you know down 300 so you could you know you sit back and wait um, but two or three points is a general rule to give you a, a definitive answer. Um, you know, I, I get up here and I claim that I'm not a day trader, but I, I got a quote machine on my desk. It's like a slot machine. I got to feed it every now and then. Um, in a good market, you could front run these setups, okay, and make a lot of money. Can't do it lately because, you know, it's choppy. But if you if you got a rip-roaring trend, you're in a blow-off mood, mode, blow-off mood, <laughs> Uh, you could go in and, and it, when, it, when it gets close to that high, because it's so obvious. I mean, everybody says, okay, you buy above that high. So you could, you know, it, it, if it looks like it's really going to break out above that high, then yes, by all means, buy it. In some cases, this is where, let, let's, t let's talk about that for a second. This is where if you're a day trader, you could take these swing trade setups and put them behind you and you could buy right before it breaks out. If it doesn't break out or if it stalls, you could have a very tight stop in there. Maybe a half a point, you know. Uh, I don't know. It, it, you might be able to capture that swing trade move. All the swing traders come rushing in. Well, sell it to them, you know. Or exit half and move your stop to break even. Right here. Um, an exponential moving average catches up the price a little faster. It's front rate. It's front weighted. There's nothing magical about an exponential moving average. Years ago, before everybody had a computer and a calculator, 
um, they figured out that if you took a percentage of today's closing price and added it to yesterday's exponential moving average, you know, which, which they calculated out, it was the formula, that you'd, all you had to do was make one calculation. So if you're doing a 200 period moving average, all you had to do was make one calculation, provided you first did the 200 and then tomorrow you would just do one calculation instead of 200 calculations a day. That's how an exponential moving average was born. There's nothing magical about it. The beauty of it is it front weights, it's front weighted, so it will follow a little closer to the price. So if, if the market's say in a consolidation where it's going to come back in, that moving average is going to catch up and possibly keep you out um, of a trade based on that. Now I don't trade that system directly, but um, it is just kind of like a confirming indicator for some of those other things. Right here? Well, yeah, but that's, that's more of a day trading thing, but I'll tell you what I will do. I believe in putting the big picture behind you as much as you can, okay? So if I see, like say the, mark, say the VIX is spiking, volatility index, and all of a sudden I see it reversing, if I know we're at a market, it, you know, if I have three or four indicators lining up, I think as Haggerty says, you know, Neptune lines up and this and that, you know, as a joke, you know, if the planets all line up, where you have like bigger picture systems behind you, you know, yes, and like a last hour breakout or something, I may look to take a little bit bigger position then. I think Gann's got a wonderful quote. I wish I'd have brought it with me. And I hadn't really studied Gann a lot, but a lot of these concepts I know were covered by Gann. But one quote sticks in my head, and it's like, basically it says, when you, start, when you have a series of losses, you know, something has changed. And it's like, I, I know people that make so much money, and they just make money, they print money, print money, print money. And all of a sudden, market gets choppy, and they keep trying to do the same thing, when instead they should probably pull back a little, so you're grinning over there, <laughs> Uh, pull back a little bit and take smaller position sizes. So yeah, in an environment like this, you know, uh, yeah, definitely reduce your position sizes. And, and again, your own equity curve could be could tell you, you know, if your equity curve is just dropping like a rock, you know, take a step back, you know, paper trade for a while. Look at the setups. Yes. I can, you know, what case do you want me to make for volume? If you want me to make a case for volume, I can. If you want me to make a case against volume, I can't. I, I have focused most of my research on price, pattern recognition, and things like that. Uh, I've seen it work with, with volume confirming or not. Um, Richard Orms uses, uh, you know, he has a theory based on, he's probably a lot smarter than I am. He's been around for a lot longer. Uh, he believes that if a market goes up on light volume, there's nobody there to sell these buyers. He calls that ease of movement, and he sees that as demand for a stock. Now, your intermediate players, you know, they've got certain rules that says, oh, it must go up on heavy volume. Well, if it's heavy volume, there's a lot of people there to sell to a lot of people that are buying. So that, in general, I kind of believe on that. Um, if you had a shallow pullback, maybe, and it, it broke out on heavy volume, then I might go, you know, I might jump in the volume camp. But as you notice, I forgot to put volume in all my charts. And it's just, you know... Whatever, you know, it, it, the general, I believe in some of the things, like maybe it should dry up a little bit in the pullback, but I've also, uh, I've got a couple ideas to test out where you get heavy volume to say the correction is over, so. Was that a yes or a no answer? I thought, no, I do not use volume. Over here. If 
an ADX of 14 periods actually looks back, I think, to infinity. You know, even though periods a year ago, I'm sure don't make make a big difference. And it, it has a lot of lag in it. Um, in general, ADX is a good scanning thing if you're trying to scan through stocks. One of my favorite things to do is just look at charts. Uh, I've got a database of about 600 stocks. I can go through in about 15 minutes eyeballing it. And, you know, just got super charts, you know, right, right click, right click, right click. And you'd be surprised how much you'll learn, you know, doing it that way. But, yeah, I do run scans. I'll run certain scans and look for pullbacks and all. All the setups that get turned out by the site every day, I look at those, I edit those. You know, even though it's grunt work, I like doing it because it's like, you know, I, I find a lot of good setups in the process. So, uh, to answer your question, ADX of 30 or more plus D DMI greater than minus DMI, reverse for downtrends, okay? And then the other thing is look at charts, you, you know, and just eyeball it. Do I trade mostly NASDAQ compared to listed? Not, not necessarily. Um, you know, when you're in, when you got some kind of crazy thing going on, like, you know, back in the internet bubble, we all remember that, uh, back in the biotech bubble, you know, most of those were four-letter stocks. But, you know, I'll look at a three-letter stock just the same. I'll look at, I'll even look at thicker stocks, but, you know, the, the stocks that I prefer are higher volatility, uh, somewhere in the middle ground, a little bit thinner stock. Like that ALXN, you can get a lot of slippage on a stock like that but you also get big moves. So, you know, back to the slippage question. So it's kind of a trade-off. All right, anyone else? Nobody else? All right, thanks.